Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're currently listening to the free version of Let Me Talk. If you want longer, ad-free episodes, even earlier, head to lmtpod.com to find out how you subscribe. Let me talk! Let me talk! Let me talk! One, two... Welcome to Let Me Talk, a Manchester City podcast with me, David Mooney, and the Athletics Manchester City correspondent, Sam Lee. If you're a new listener, then welcome. I've supported City my whole life, and Sam follows City home and away with the Athletic. Uh, Sam is still in Turkey right now recording this uh, in Istanbul from the Champions League final. Hello, Sam. Hello, everyone. All right? Yeah, not bad. You well? Yeah, that took a lot of effort just to sound that chirpy. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, good. You yeah. slept? If you can call it sleep, <laughs> if you can call it sleep, um, we just had a we just had a big feast. Um, I did did my celebrating on Friday night, that was mental. Um, last night, ended up going to bed about about the same time, but we just ate instead of drink last night. Uh, I saw saw the videos of my mate still going at like half six in the morning. Good, probably later. Yeah, it's always good when you're still partying and the sun's up. Um, and why not? On a it's night, been great here. Yeah, it's been fucking. Yeah. It's been so good in Istanbul. Like, I mean the the. All the stuff around the actual final itself was a shambles, and like because it wasn't actually dangerous for most people, it wasn't as bad as last year. But organisationally, it was—I don't want to say it—just as much of a mess. But yeah, exactly, because I, I wasn't there in Paris, and obviously it was dangerous. Um, but yeah, it was shocking. But as a as a place and as a city, it's amazing, and like they've got other stadiums in the city, just like. I don't, I don't know operationally why they could or couldn't be used, but like if they were in the city, it would be better. But getting everybody out there um, is mental. But it took half an hour to get back after the game because there was no traffic, and it took like, well, it took Jack two and a half hours, it took me an hour and a half, and I walked the last two miles because I was sick of it. Like it was just, it's not even far, but it feels like you're driving to the other end of the country. Absolutely yeah. mental. But it's a, a brilliant place, and city fans have been great. Um, so much like so much fun that one street that's just packed shoulder to shoulder of like city fans singing and on balconies and stuff it's phenomenal we tried to we tried to walk down it on Friday well we, we were going to walk down it on Friday night we must have got there at, I don't know one half one but we got we got to the top of it and just kept bumping into people that we knew and that's must good. have spent about and, and just kept buying beers at the top and I must have tried to walk down an hour and a half two hours later and we realised oh Everywhere must have closed at like three or something, and we just we couldn't even get into it just because seeing so many people and friends and stuff and like so many people have bumped into other like every, everyone seems to know everyone here, which obviously is obvious because they go to games. But to be able to have that experience in Istanbul for a Champions League final because Porto was good and I know everyone kind of went and saw friends in Porto, but there was obviously much fewer tickets available. Yeah, COVID, COVID restrictions. Yeah, yeah. But now, now it's. It's fantastic, and yeah, people, yeah. I mean, it was great for me to to see people I know. Like, imagine actually being a, a city fan who's gone everywhere and always gone everywhere, and then this isn't like the culmination, but it feels like it. You know what I mean? It feels like everything's led, led up to this point, and it's been 
apart from the actual shambles that was last night, it's, it's yeah, it it, uh, it couldn't have been better. Yeah, I um I I did five live overnight, and um I it's it's a funny. It's a funny position to be in this because, um, like, they said to me, "Where did where did City go from here?" And like, my yeah. my gut and instinct and my gut reaction was, "I honestly don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I've like I've seen it all now. Like, do you know what I mean? I, I've there's there's nothing they can do now, surely, that tops what I've seen Guardiola do at City." Like he's he's the greatest. He is he's produced a football team that has won. Well, it's won everything um, as as the, the the his city incarnation over the course of the last seven years or so has won everything. Um, even I, I, know, I think he said in the in kind of the run up to the, to the end to the run in that whatever happened at the end of this season, he'd still be here next season. But honestly, if he changed his mind this summer now and went, you know what, I'm bowing out at the top, I'm I'm all right. I'm I am fine with that. And that's that's a bold, that's a really big bold thing to say. I know that, but like I, I he's just. He's just brilliant, isn't he? He's he's just delivered. Yeah, massively so. I mean, just something he said in the press conference. He was because he didn't he didn't want to be asked about next season. He was. I oh, don't ask me that. I don't. I don't know. But then when he was answering another question, he was kind of like that. What we've got to avoid is what other teams have done, and that's win the Champions League, and then they just fall away because it feels like they okay. Well, we've done it now. So, so he's yeah, already thinking it. about next season. Yeah, yeah, of course. And he was like, we've got to avoid that. And he was like, "Knowing me, it won't happen." But we've got to work to avoid that. And it's like, I, I mean, that is, that is the challenge, isn't it? Next season, because we always say it's part of the underrated part of Guardiola's management, or one of the underrated parts of Guardiola's management, is how he keeps getting these players who have won and won and won and won to keep doing it. Because you know, he said about teams win the Champions League and then fall away, but teams win the Premier League and fall away. We've seen that over the last 11, 12 years. Most yeah. of the teams who have won the league but barely qualify for the Champions League the next season, apart from City. And even City before Guardiola. Um, but now that that challenge is tenfold. Um, but yeah, he has, I mean, he has delivered. But it, it's funny, isn't it? Because I think, I don't know if everyone wondered this, but I know a lot of people did. Uh, what would Guardiola be like afterwards having won it? Like, you know, would he be on his knees crying, you know, like, you know, like Messi in the World Cup? Yeah, you know, would he feel like that relief? And Christ, seeing Messi the way he was after the World Cup compared to Pep, now you think, fuck, that was pressure. That, um, but I, part of me thinks, you know how when City got past Bayern four one and aggregate, and he kept saying, I don't feel like it was four one, like it was closer than that. Yeah, um, I feel like because he kept saying similar about this, and he was like, Inter could have scored at the end, and maybe if maybe they could have beaten us, and I would be the same person. We would be the same team, and what he means is our achievements are the same. What we've done has been the same. Winning five Premier League titles out of six years is incredible, no matter what. But just, and just because we won, we're now getting that credit. But I wonder if he thinks we weren't fucking great there, and Inter had some chances. And in that same way, there was. I don't feel that was a four-one game against Bayern. I wonder, I wonder if if he thinks it a, wasn't a one-nil game. He's obviously yeah. satisfied, but I wonder if he's a bit like could have played better. Yeah, and maybe he's a. Do you know what I mean? Uh, maybe he's a bit disappointed with how the game actually went. But at the same time, it's difficult to put into words because I'm not sure that's exactly how he feels. But he did say.
Yeah, he can't sit there and say, well, we are like the best. I don't know. We are the best. We deserve it or whatever. But you see what I mean? It's difficult because they are the best and they did. Well, yeah. I mean, an ex- extra time would have been fair, wouldn't it? Let's be honest. But um, I mean, over over the, the course of the years, they deserve to win the Champions League. Before, even like before now. So yeah, but yeah, maybe he can't sit and think, yeah, we deserve this because well, maybe tonight, you know, not so much because because they didn't play great and Inter missed some chances at the end and Edison was was fantastic. Um, but I mean, in fairness, he also said he knows how difficult the first one is, and he he, he mentioned going back to winning it with Barcelona in nineteen ninety two, and he was he mentioned about United. So do you remember how United won the treble? He didn't say they had a poor game, but he said you know that it was they scored in the last like two three minutes. Just to kind of say, look, it's it's difficult, and obviously that wasn't their first, but it was basically the first of of relevance in terms of what those players know and understand, because yeah. you know they'd won it in '68, um, but then it was nearly 30 years later. Um, but he was like, maybe in future it it won't be easy, but maybe more comfortable. And yeah, that, I've said before the game, it's easy to fall into that trap, isn't it, of thinking, well, they went to Porto and play Chelsea, and they didn't handle the pressure. It seemed like a new experience for them. And this time, they, they they should be fine. But you never really know. And, like, they, at, at first I was like, okay. First five minutes, I was like, yeah, all right, all right. And then like, as the half went on, it was like, oh, actually, like... <laughs> They're struggling, eh? This could yeah. easily be their first final still. Yeah. Um, and, I, yeah, I think, like, it's... You can never expect a big win in a final anyway. It generally doesn't happen. And we weren't expecting it anyway because although, you know, City are better than Inter and they finished fourth in Serie A and all that, like that doesn't take into account the styles of the team. You see, you know, when they lost to Leon a few years ago and it was like, well, City are not playing well and Leon are set up perfectly to exploit that. Like, last night wouldn't have been a million miles away from that. You know, if City hadn't have turned up because of the pressure and the nerves and Inter set up and Inter like were more aggressive than we thought. They didn't sit in. They just made it difficult all over the pitch. They ma- they made it as difficult as we thought, but in different ways. And yeah, that favourites tag kind of ignored the clash of styles. Um, and yeah, it was never going to be a big win. But I don't know, just... Again, you went into missed chances off their own accord. It's hard to praise them too much. But at the same time, there were some unbelievable performances and particularly defensively and you know when everyone was asking earlier in the season you know is Haaland the biggest difference this year the the extra dimension that he gives and obviously he does Guardiola said the biggest difference is the defending yeah. the four centre-backs the you know the tackles and the blocks and the headers and we saw that last night and the fucking king of that was Ruben Diaz yeah well, well, unbelievable. We'll, we'll come into all of that. There's there's individual players that I want to touch on a bit later on in the show. Uh, but first, Sam, um, you said uh, in kind of in that answer, you know, you, we don't really know what to expect. We don't really know how how it's going to go. That sort of thing. Um, I just want to play this from uh, the preview show because uh, honestly, I was just like you and Nadem, bang on, mate, absolutely bang on. Uh, have a listen to this. I think this games like this are the ones where. Somebody scores from between like fifteen and twenty-five yards out. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, I think. Did we say that before? I I'd, feel like it's going to be. This is the type of game. Did we say that on one of the previews? I feel like I, this is I've going to be the said, game I've where, not said that. where like De Bruyne or like Rodri or something scores from outside the box. Because especially when you've got this is something Juan Marlia was saying when we did the columns with him during the World Cup. 
and he talked about how many goals that has scored. He was talking specifically from pullbacks to people towards the edge of the box because defenders now are so concerned with being compact and defending the goal and being deep, even if it's on a slight transition or whatever. But they're obviously coming all the way in with the runners. And then, but then when the, the ball gets pulled back and you've got somebody arriving from the edge of the box, I remember at the start of the season there was the Arsenal Tottenham game. Yeah. And I think Party scored from outside the box. He did, yeah. And there was something in Arteta's celebration. He, he either pointed someone or point, someone pointed to him. And I, I'm fully reading into this, but I, I remember thinking that's something they've worked on. Yeah. Party's they, gone they, a couple times. They knew season. that that Spurs defence would be so like deep obsessed into, with yeah. being deep and just defending their goal that you, you kind of forget the space on the edge of the box and party arrived into it and scored and I feel like that could be a bit of a game breaker that'll be the goal I'm saying it now that'll be the goal yeah Oh, that'd be one that of was the why I was annoyed when you mentioned it earlier because I feel like I have said this like, but I don't know if it was like I've never heard you I've not heard you say it so I, I feel like it, it'll, be record, touches, I'm afraid, yeah. it'll, be, it'll be two touches somehow the ball will be going forward then it'll be cut back yeah. to someone like literally around that spot within five yards of the middle of the goal and sorry in the edge of the box It'll be touch out of their feet and then wallop like so, into the corner or, even or whatever. Like, yeah, maybe De Bruyne, like De Bruyne or coming onto it. Potentially, yeah. whoever's there. Yeah, it's whoever's there because you never know. And even weak side stuff. Sorry, weak side, strong side, for example. So if the ball's on left hand side, Grish is there, strong side. Say, for example, we're in a world now where Mares is on the field. Mares is usually in at the back post. Say he makes a cut back to the edge of the box. Yeah, ball gets played by Grealish. It's touch out of his feet, whipped. That's the goal. Yeah. Because he's doing it on the blind side of the opposition, because they'll be looking to the right hand side, which they're defending. But the person on the left of the edge of the box is not the first thing you'll think about engaging with. And you see bodies running, running out like, oh, I need to try and stop him. But it's too late because he took such a great first touch and he's done this a thousand times mm. in training across the last 10 years of his career. I'm, thinking, gen- I'm thinking as that ball switch, Yeah, but I'm thinking as, he, as, he, as that ball gets switched across, and maybe this could even be to Bernardo, the ball gets switched across, but obviously. What happens next isn't by accident. De Bruyne is going over. Mares or Bernardo controls it, comes back inside, sets it back to him. It's there, that's it. De Bruyne is arriving at an angle, just whips it first time, bit of curl, bottom corner. That's it. Because you, you can put crosses into the box. We can also like just get a little bit more fancy like that. I mean, come <laughs> on, it's it's just the names that are wrong, but I mean who can expect that? Well, I mean, it wasn't all it wasn't all perfect. Like talking about the switch of play, um, it wasn't a switch of play. Like there was nice little elements of that goal, like Foden. Oh, he's just shit hot, isn't he? Like that. He, he did his little turn, yeah. turn, glide, lay it off. Akanji, fantastic. Like just, it, and it's just simple and okay. But striding up, sliding that little ball in, so it wasn't a switch. But we said, like in in the first bit of that clip, it was like De Bruyne or Rodri. So we had the Rodri element there, and then it wasn't the switch, but you know, it was it was how we was just Bernardo. described yeah, yeah. it. But it was the, it was the pullback. Um, and then when Naden was saying little set and like, touch it and and whip it, I was get, I said or even and then got back to it later on. So all the little elements were there because I was like no, it'd be first time. And then I ended up saying De Bruyne, um, which is a bit annoying because also part of it I I think I joked in the podcast, um, play Gundogan as holding midfielder so he can score from the edge of the box like he did against Leeds because it it does feel like a holding midfielder kind of goal because. De Bruyne would have to be yeah in a different position. It wouldn't be that kind of move because De Bruyne would already be in the box. Um, but yeah, Rodri arriving onto it, and when I said curl it bottom corner, that, that's exactly the finish I had in mind. Yeah, yeah. Like, just just like bend it around the legs and nip inside the post, and it was a little bit. It wasn't like he set it outside the post and it just crept in. It was like another yard 
to the left. No, but he used the but he used the defenders. Exactly to, yeah, he used the defenders so that the keeper couldn't see it. Yeah, yeah, and I was genuinely convinced as well that like that was going to be. I thought there may maybe would have been more goals. Like, well, like tune in, I thought. Um, but I, I genuinely did think, okay, that is actually going to happen. I, I tried to look at like betting odds. I'm not allowed to, but I wanted to look at the odds just to see. I couldn't find them anyway. Like shots from outside the box, and again, it wasn't actually outside the box, but it was that pull back. You know, it's yeah. I mean, all all the elements were in were in that chat. Um, I can't believe it actually came down to that being no, the winner. No, I know, Fantastic. I know, indeed. Um, we talked about we talked about the dream winners as well, didn't we? And then it's all, it's like. You know, I said Grealish, and um, you know, there would have been there would have been the Haaland story and the De Bruyne story and Gundogan and that. But it's it's when you realise that whoever did do it is the fucking man anyway. Yeah, like Rodri did it, absolutely deserves to be the man. Like, isn't that's not a story? But if if you're going to cap a hell of a season, like, do it that way. Like, absolutely deserved it. Um, and again, even if it had to be a kanji, you go, you know what, fair play, deserve it. You know, came in, last minute signing, which City never really do, you know, an unplanned signing late in the window, not much expectation. Nobody knew much about him. You could easily say, well, yeah, fair play, mate, you've you've earned it. Um, Diaz, again, once like that, if he'd have capped out with a goal, you'd have said fair enough. Ake's had a great season. Um, anyone further forward than that is obvious, basically, because yeah. you're talking about forwards and, mid- and midfielders. And, and obviously the other one's John Stones, and people would have fucking loved that. So anyone, anyone who would have done that, would it would have been, okay, yeah, you are the guy. And Rodri, that fits in perfectly. Okay, time to take a very short ad break. When we come back, we'll talk about Inter's two up top against Akenji, Diaz and Ake, and we'll look at how Pep got the job done despite City not being at their best. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Let Me Talk is sponsored by you, the listeners. The best way to support the podcast is by subscribing via Memberful. You can pay as little as £2 per month, which gives you early access to all our podcasts ad-free, and they're packed with even more content. That gives you even more minutes of us to fill up your week. Subscribing is really easy, and the longer episodes will integrate seamlessly with your podcast app of choice, be it Spotify or Apple. Head over to lmtpod.com for more information on signing up and links to all of our socials. Let's look at uh, some of the individuals and Sam. I mean, first off, you mentioned the four centre-backs. Um, I thought it was interesting that uh, for the biggest game of the season, Guardiola went back to that. Yeah, loads of reasons, I think. Um, you know, they had two centre-forwards, so three centre-backs to combat that. Stones going into midfield from right back at the start because, you know, if you're starting a centre-back and like you, then you're leaving your position or you've got to go back to your position, but they've already got another striker there. There's not really that time for that transition, is there? Like if you're leaving, a, if you're leaving an actual man alone when one of your other defenders is already picking someone else up, that's, that's disruptive, isn't it? If you're leaving Zeko alone for a minute while you transition position, that's not great. So yeah. moving back out to the right and then you on the, the, the kind of same side of that, you've got Akanji 
doing more of a centre-back's job on another striker. And, like, Walker's obviously brilliant, but his strengths are slightly different. And if, you know, if Akanji wasn't playing and Walker had to do that, I'm sure Walker would be fine. But Akanji probably a bit more suited to that. Again, we saw him, his role in the goal. Um, Maybe Walker could have done that. Um, But Akanji, yeah, fine. Um, I mean, Akanji was good overall. They were all good overall in the defence in terms of the blocks and tackles, especially, well, I was going to say especially in the first half, but always. But I mean, there was that one moment where Akanji absolutely shit himself and Edison had to make a good save. That was, that was the, you know, the Guardiola on his full hands and knees and uh, he, he wasn't alone. That was, because you saw it, Akanji looked as if to, he looked as if to say, okay, is he coming? But I remember, I was looking, obviously we were watching the game and I was like, he's not coming. I don't leave it. Yeah, he's not he close enough. Oh yeah, he's not close enough to come for this. But he's, yeah, but, and it, but there was no there was no body language to suggest he was. I mean, I don't know if the, the you know out of context Edison, the moment Akanji looked up, he he made a movement that looked like he was coming, and I, you know, the benefit of being in my position and not his is I could I could see it all unfolding. He had to make the decision, but so I don't. At no point was it a good decision to leave that. Cry. I mean, they got away with one there, but um, yeah, he he was he was very good. Um, I suppose even just while we were on the subject, the injuries. Uh, I think Stones was knackered at half time. I remember he made a really good run in the second half when City got a corner, and then he was on his haunches behind the goal. I was like, "Is he all right?" And then yeah. he took a clatter in off a corner, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, they were going to bring off a kanji, but then Stones must have said, "Hold on a minute, I'm not sure." And then they kept him on. And then it's all about managing the workload and stuff because a kanji may have been a tactical thing. Or it may have been fitness or, or both, but it was like, well, we can't, like, you need to soldier on now, or you need, you need to sort it out and withstand, because Stones need to come off instead. And it's just, at the end, like, at this point, like, Grealish, is, Grealish has had a knock for the last couple of weeks, you know, why he didn't play in the last couple of games. Um, it would have been the same for Diaz, too. I don't know what he had. They're, like, De Bruyne, De Bruyne's, like, ruptured his hamstring. Like he said he's been struggling with it for a couple of months. You know when he didn't play in those games, it was that. Yeah, he's he was it was he was managing that, but they just they just go and get on with it and they play. And you know when we were talking about the if they had rest at the end of the season, that's not saying oh well you know you guys go and put your feet up. They they've needed it. You know if and if they didn't if they needed to win those games, City those guys would have had to play, and that's how they've been managing it. And like last night, they weren't in perfect condition, but they've done it. And like we've we've like a breaking point for some of them. I mean, they'll they'll all be absolutely destroyed. I mean, Christ, yeah. by the way, the celebrations. I cannot <laughs> they are going to be a shambles. They are going to be Have, a shambles. Those lads. I don't know if you've had chance to look yet, um, but Jack Grealish's Instagram stories have been. Um, I haven't. I haven't. Th- there's been a, there's been a bit of an insight into what was going on in the dressing room in there. Let's put it that way. There's been plenty of drinking and singing, I as saw, you can imagine. I saw him. Um, Rodri's on fire. Your defense is terrified. With Ronnie yeah. Foden on on Phil's shoulders, magnificent. That like somebody with a kid, especially, it's like just sharing moments of joy with your children is fantastic. And then you think, hold on a minute. Imagine the element of like winning a treble as a footballer, <laughs> and because that's like our dream. Like we could never do that. But now, okay, let's imagine that. Oh, and the children element as well, like that. Just what like what a night they must have had, and like De Bruyne said in the mix zone, he was like, "We had a couple of subdued parties, like you know, after the Premier League and, and the FA Cup, but now we cannot really enjoy ourselves." I, was like, I don't even think they were that subdued. Like, how bad is it? Gonna, how bad are they going to be? And like, they've got another. I, I'm just, I, I'm just trying to think. Six hours before that parade. 
Yeah, I was just thinking exactly that. What was it? Was it Stones or Grealish that they had to take off one side to be sick last year? So yeah, Stones, uh, I mean, mate, he was he was a wreck. Like <laughs> obviously, everyone remembers Grealish being pissed, but like Stones was like genuinely, oh, you've had too much it. You should have eaten, kind of thing. Like yeah, yeah. What what what? Uh, it's just like insurance brokers. It's on that corner opposite the the Hilton at the bottom of Deansgate, at the top of Deansgate, whichever you where you want to look at it. And that's where the stage was. You had to go down opposite the Hilton and just be, be sick. Oh God. Um, they're going to be an absolute disgrace in a yeah in a in a kind of funny way. Good, good. I can't wait. I honestly can't wait. Um, I can't. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, I, I am broken as well. But I mean, you got to do, it, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, moving across the defence, uh, we touched on John Stones and his um, uh, a tiredness injury sort of thing. Um, generally, all told, though, over the game, oh, mate, utterly incredible. Ro- Rolls Royce. Football cliches watch, but I mean, if people don't know what I'm talking about when I say that, there is a football cliches podcast on the Athletic, which is unfortunately now taking a break for the summer, but it is fantastic to listen to. Um, and yeah, they always laugh about Rolls Royce, that that use of the word. But um, it, if you were to show Adam Hurry a performance, you go, yeah, that that is a Rolls Royce performance. And like the two centre backs, all right, you know, they weren't the partnership, but two centre backs doing completely different things and excelling so much like, so, like even, I mean we've not really covered it I mean we, we talked about you know Pep maybe thinking oh well, this that the other but I feel like I need to use this phrase let's have it right like City were quite shit for a lot of that game like it was alright because I'm always wary of saying that because they're not because even at half time and it was like right what's going on there and I'm sure everybody will know what I mean but Inter had, had nothing in the first half Inter had nothing. And they played very, very well, Inter. But in the first half, they didn't have anything going forward. And a lot of that was because City defended very well. And for for all their kind of faults on the ball, off the ball, they were very good. And you can't say they were actually shit. Because if they were actually shit, I'm sure Inter would have done much better and maybe scored. Yeah. So they, they, were, they were there. But compared to... You know, the, the City that you feel comfortable seeing and, and City's best, it was not that, you know... And, you know, Guardiola made the tactical tweaks at half-time. You know, we said, like, this is the part where Guardiola fixes it. Like, they, they did make adjustments and they did look better in the second half. And, like, but it, it was just more because Inter's tactical pr- uh, plan disrupted them. They said they didn't expect, I think, they, did he say Chalanoglu to jump up to Rodri and put pressure onto him? They said City couldn't find, they couldn't work out who their free man was and they couldn't find him. And not, that's why their build-up looked a bit stunted. But then that knocks them out of the rhythm because the amount of times when it looked like a pass was on. I mean, Rodri, Rodri, didn't Rodri say... In his own words, he was shit on BT. Like in the first half, it was like, "What the fuck's going on with this guy?" But it just and it, that kind of summed up how the rest of them were playing because it was just misplaced passes, like seemingly for no reason. But obviously, like Inter were kind of blocking off more routes than most teams do. And obviously, the other thing was just falling over. And then they'd get to the final third. You go, oh, "This is a good position." Or like De Bruyne would try and cross it and just yeah. went out of play on the back. He's like, "What? What? What are you doing?" There was but one. Then, so that, Bern- yeah, Bernardo got in uh, in the first few minutes, and he had that shot that um, kind of just curled wide. And then I remember City not really getting into the box or around the box for a while, and thinking this is this is a bit of a struggle. And there was a moment De Bruyne got the ball on the edge of the box, and he had a chance to turn and kind of run onto it, and he just lost his footing. And I was just like, oh yeah. mate, at that time, oh, no. like yeah. it just like it feels like these moments are crucial, and the last thing you need to do is slip at that point. It's like there's nothing you can do about it. There's there's no yeah, yeah. like it's not his fault. There's like there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. But you just want in those moments the chance to be able to run onto the ball properly and he lost his footing 
Yeah, and it was just why there was why it was so frustrating to watch. Like you say, you can't do anything about it. But then between the misplaced passes, which you can do something about, and then just slipping over, um, it was very frustrating. And also, like as it's one thing, like a move breaking down and the ball going out for a goal kick or something at the other end, which was frustrating. But like when they're like giving the ball away in midfield, it was oh my god, like this is this is like the danger thing. Like how many times the whole point in you know them being compact and a million passes or whatever, so the team. It's so the team is all together. Um, and then, like, Rodri giving the ball away as he's bringing it up. It's like, that doesn't happen. It's like, well, it's because Rodri doesn't give the ball away in those positions. Like, no wonder they're, they're, they're on the back foot now because he doesn't give the ball away ever. And he's done it, like, three times or whatever it was in the first half. Maybe it was just two, but it was, like, noticeable. Um, and it was also just one of those where it's mad. I can't put my finger on it, but there's just spells in games when... It, no matter how good you are on the second balls, and I think I'll probably mention those two words on every podcast that we've done, especially in relations like Gundogan and De Bruyne. But no matter how good they are, sometimes they just don't fall. Like sometimes they're just not falling. And whether it's a whole game or like a part of a game, when another team's on top for no reason, those second balls just aren't falling. And like maybe Diaz would win a fantastic header and then it would drop, or Akanji would do the same, or Rakit would do the same because they're all doing it. Stones too. But then a lot Gundogan would like use his body to like get in front of it but then it, the ball just wouldn't drop the right way and he just think the misplaced passes the slips and these second balls not falling right like this is this is dicey um, but again you know Inter only really had their chances after City scored which was inevitable you know I tweeted jokingly I'm sure these last 20 minutes will be fine like, it was always going to be disgusting and then obviously they nearly scored straight away that one that Lukaku kind of blocked yeah and great, great defensive position actually, that was Guardiola, yeah, Guardiola actually said the turning point was Foden's miss. He was like, because after that, it seemed like, okay, the players, this is the city we know. Like Bernardo was back to, Bernardo was taking the piss in a bit. There was a way when they could have had a counter-attack, but it was not just like, okay, I'm going to like keep the ball and take more touches, but he was like taking the piss with it a bit. I think he won a free kick in the end. And But they looked comfortable. They looked, um, they looked like they knew what they were doing, and then that Foden chance—that is unbelievable. Like, that is unbelievable. That that turn and the run, like it's just such a shame he didn't finish it because that would have been a hell of a goal, a hell of a goal. Um, and Guardiola said that was a bit of a turning point because after that, Inter just kind of not went for it, but it was just—it's just a natural, isn't it? If you score like a goal like that, it the other team are coming back. The other team are going to do something about it. There's nothing. And as soon as City scored, I was like, well, okay, here we go. But I was like, well, this is actually going to be grim now. Because, and also, like, if, if Inter score in the next five minutes, or the ne- in, like, with, like, a minute to go, I don't know how the players would have reacted. I, 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 don't, I don't say I'm doubting it. I don't know. But it would have felt like, fucking hell. Like, would that have, like, destroyed them and they have to go again? Or would it just be like, would they just get the ball back then and they'd be okay? But it was like, this is a 20-minute period. This is not going to be easy. Um, but, yeah, that... That Foden, that Foden thing, the turn. It's just what he does all the time, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but like I mentioned him with the um, the build-up to City's actual goal and when De Bruyne went off, which I guess we'll have to address at some point, like, it was a terrible blow for him and you'd always want De Bruyne on the pitch. But we've, we've said, haven't we, in the last few weeks, Foden looks so sharp and in that De Bruyne role, that's his, that's, where, that's what he should do. Yeah. And I think next season he is going to do that more. I think that is the plan. And I was like, I've got full faith that he's going to do something good here. And also on a night when those passes weren't coming off in the final third, 
like for somebody as slick as Foden is, and we saw it with that touch and turn there, and also to a lesser extent in the build-ups to the goal, it was like both of his assists at the end against Arsenal, you know, where he was like, back to goal, receive it, turn, ball through, and then Haaland scores. And then same, even better, against Real Madrid when Alvarez scored. Yeah. You just think, he could, like this is the this is the thing that could actually unlock it tonight. And obviously in the end it wasn't, but just having him in that position, you think, okay, maybe he, he could add, add that thing that City needs. So I was... I mean, I was gutted for De Bruyne and it, it was obviously a massive blow, but having Foden to come on did make me feel like, okay, yeah, this isn't going to be too bad. But yeah, De Bruyne, poor bastard. Like, yeah. at least they won. He seemed he, he seemed genuinely happy that they'd won. You know, there's... I was speaking to somebody before the game about, you know, one of the players who was on the bench and they were like, oh, I'm going to really enjoy it if he comes on for like meaningful minutes. He was like, it would be like Mares last week, you know. Mares last week, apparently... Someone said to him, "Oh yeah, like nice winners medal." And he was just like, Phew. "Yeah," because like he was just disappointed not to have played. And like, I think that's a fairly normal reaction. Like we, I wrote about Grealish the other day, and when Grealish didn't get on against Villa, he was like properly gutted. But he it didn't take away from his celebrations. I suppose it's different, isn't it? Because it's not one game; it's all of the season. He knew he contributed, but he was like, "Okay, no, we can probably celebrate this. I'm fine." But like Mares and other players, you know, if you don't get on, it, it does. You know, it's it doesn't quite feel the same. Um, and But it seems like De Bruyne, even though he went off injured, he seemed happy enough. You know, he he still... Well, you know what he's like anyway. He's like, eh, I don't care. You know, he's that kind of guy, isn't he? But he knows he's played his part. He knows he's played. He's injured and it, it's not ideal. It's not how he would have wanted it to go. But look, he's won the Champions League. He's won the treble. Yeah. So he's happy enough. De Bru- but, Kevin yeah, De Bruyne was- didn't have to play in the final to have contributed to this Champions League run, if that makes sense. No. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing. But like, some players feel like they need to. Yeah. But that's yeah. the thing. Like when when like Rico Lewis was stopping in the mix zone, you think you've played in this run, you've scored in the group stage, and like kind of made like a, like fairly like obscure history. But you know, he he is what is it? The youngest player to have scored on their full debut. Yeah. Like he's done that. He's played in this. Um, Ortega's played in it. Like like Ortega with the FA Cup. Like played all the way, mate. You've done your, you've done your thing. Um, you've got Carlos today. Yeah, well, Carson, he's fucking important. I mean, I, I, I know, I, I know, I'm not, I'm not, I need knocking, to do an article on him. I'm not knocking the role of the third goalkeeper. They, they love him at City, and yeah, yeah, I um, need to do an article on him. But yeah. I almost suggested too loud because I don't. Yeah, I mean, we could, we could do it, but um, yeah, at the moment, it's like if somebody said to me today, "Can you write about Scott Carson?" I do not have masses of stuff, but I yeah. know, I just know how much they do love it. You know, it's just that perfectly crafted dressing room environment. Like they lost some. They lost some good guys in terms of keeping the mood up. Um, obviously, they had to get rid of Cancelo for that for that reason. Um, and Carson is he got got a new one year contract, didn't he? Like, um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because like Richard Wright ended up becoming a goalkeeper coach, and they had Jabby Manchester. And it, to be fair, maybe maybe there's a vacancy in that department. Uh, soon, but obviously Carson signed a new one-year deal. But you just think you need to keep this guy around that yeah. unit at some point. I mean, look, it all needs to change, doesn't it? At some point, you know, you you got to have evolutions in this kind of thing. But he is he's a big part of that. Um, oh, apparently this is a, an interesting thing to drop in. But apparently Pep, when he's when when his contract's up, the current thinking is Pep's just that's it now. No more no more extensions now. So he's going to do his next. Two, he's going to do the next two years, and then that's it. 
Yeah. It seems about right, doesn't it? Yeah. What would that be? Nine years? Let's take him to nine years. Yeah, I know. That's what I said when someone told me last night. I was like, well, God, it's like, the, the tenth, end of the mate. year. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do the ten. Um, but yeah, nine would be enough. And especially what you said at the start, it'd be, it'd be, it would feel like he'd done the job if he'd gone now. Like another two years is absolutely fine. And like I say, I'm looking forward to seeing how they face that challenge next season of yeah. going again because they've done it all. Fair play to them. Well, that's it for the free version of Let Me Talk. If you subscribe through Memberful, we look at the game-winning performances of Ruben Diaz and Edison. We talk about the treble celebrations when City arrived back in Manchester, and we answer your questions about the Champions League final as well. That's all for members. Those ad-free episodes are longer and out earlier. You can find out more on lmtpod.com. If you want to send us an email, hello at lmtpod.com is the way to do it. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at lmtpod, and on TikTok, we're at LMT underscore pod. There's plenty of content behind the scenes recordings and Sam is also still out in Istanbul, so plenty from him as well. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.